Hey folks, I'm Stephen Peterkins, and this is episode 157 of the Peterkins Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about eudaimonia and living the good life. Due to the mechanisms of our society, we spend a lot of time doing things that we don't really want to do. Whether that's being stuck at a job that we don't like to make ends meet, being stuck in traffic to go to that job, or even smaller things, commitments that we're locked into. All of these things must get done to live our lives. While we are forced to do what we have to, we still crave a life that is the most fulfilling to us. Many early philosophers had an idea of not only what good living is, but also the most good living. The term often used by the early Greek philosophers is called eudaimonia. Eudaimonia, in its lowest sense, is often interpreted as just, quote, happiness, but its definition includes much more than that. Sometimes it's translated as welfare, sometimes flourishing, or it could also be called well-being. The emphasis is on individual happiness where, quote, well-being is not so much an outcome or end state as it is a process of fulfilling or realizing one's daemon or true nature. That is, of fulfilling one's virtuous potentials and living as one was inherently intended to live. Aristotle, a Greek philosopher, is well known for refining our concept of eudaimonia. He often tied living eudaimoniously with living a virtuous life in pursuit of human excellence. Happiness for him is the rational activity in pursuit of virtue, not the virtue itself. Rational activity is a human function that requires us to use our rationality to justify why we are doing something in the first place. For many, this could be achieving excellence in a field or domain, so to be eudaimonic could mean to be fully engaged in the intellectually stimulating and fulfilling work where one could achieve success. This pursuit of human excellence is different for each person, which is why eudaimonia requires self-actualization to be achieved by each individual person. Aristotle also acknowledges that our own actions aren't enough for eudaimonia. He admits that we require other, quote, external goods, such as friends, wealth, and power in a life that is eudaimonic. So according to him, a person who is hideously ugly, or, quote, has lost children or good friends through death, end quote, or who is isolated, is going to have a much harder time being eudaimonic. What I like about this conception of living a good life is that it acknowledges two important facets. The first is that living a maximally self-fulfilled life is difficult and requires action and great understanding of the self. It will never just be given to you, it must be pursued with serious intent and with great foresight. I also like that Aristotle acknowledges that we cannot solely manifest this life just on our own. There are a lot of facets to life that are outside of our control. And unfortunately, the consequences to these can negatively impact our quality of life. Nonetheless, that should not ever stop our pursuit of realizing who we are and how we can live our life as best as we can. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later.